Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. Hey, 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 fam. How are you? 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 <laughs> Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober, and uh, let's start this thing off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much once again for being God in our lives, for loving us the way that you do, unconditional, no strings attached, tailor-made love just to fit our own personalities, which you gave us in the first place. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your favor. Thank you, God, for your loving kindness towards us. Thank you that in the middle of a crazy world, we can always look to you. For your word says that you are our rock and you are our strong tower. You are our shelter in the time of storms. And so when the storm is raging, we know we can look to you. Uh, We look to the rock that's higher than us. And you are always higher and we can always look to you. And we thank you and we praise you. And we honor you for that, oh God. Now, God, today as we listen to the word that you've given me, I declare that that word will flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic force, that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper, and that every will of God that is planned for the hearer of this podcast will go forth and will be so in the lives of your people. Bless this time, God. Well, the time is already blessed. We declare this time blessed because it is our time with you through your word. So. Do what you want to do in us and through us using this word. Every piece of revelation, every piece of understanding, uh, help us to just digest these morsels, to use them to apply to our lives and see change happen little by little, step by step from the inside out. We thank you and praise you. We honor you. We bless you. We can't thank you and praise you enough, but we'll do it as much as we can, as often as we can. And so we thank you, God, for what we are about to receive. I declare every ear is anointed to hear and every heart is open to receive, not just the word, but the word behind the word, so the people will be blessed. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. What's going on, fam? Y'all good? Everybody good? Y'all good? I see you nodding your head while you're driving down the street. I got you. I got you. Thank you for joining me today. I got a great word for you given to me straight from the throne of God. It's called Things We Consider. Things We Consider. Now, it's important to understand that what we consider And where we put our focus, right, what we pay attention to in life can have a great impact, not necessarily on life, but it can have a great impact on how we see life, how we see our circumstances. And and oftentimes, if we see our circumstances in the wrong way, we may find ourselves doing actions that really take us way off the course that God has for our lives. Really take us way off the, off the course. I'm thinking now, and this is not in my notes, but I'm just thinking now as I'm talking, there was a situation in the book of Joshua, and I may have uh, used this in a podcast earlier, uh, where Joshua fought this battle and they lost. They got their behinds whooped. And these guys never lost a fight. And they lost to a, uh, a, a minor foe, uh, a foe that wasn't even up to them. 
you know, and they lost. And, and Joshua freaked out for three days, tore his clothes and threw ashes on his head. And, and, and then God gave him perspective. And basically what God was saying was, dude, you're looking at this from the wrong perspective. You're considering the wrong thing. You're spending all this time considering that you lost the battle. But what you ought to be considering is why you lost the battle. Right. And, and God began to give him perspective. I did share this in an earlier podcast. So uh, if you want to hear the scripture and the specifics in Joshua, you can go back and find that podcast and and uh, listen to that. But, um, yeah, they lost against an inferior opponent. And, and, and God had to give Joshua a different thing to consider. And once God gave Joshua the, his perspective on what was going on, Joshua was able to correct what the problem was, and then they were able to go forth. Okay, so, so when, we, when we consider things from the wrong perspective, we can find ourselves in places we don't need to be. We can find ourselves thinking about things that we don't need to think about. We can find ourselves in depression, stuck in something that happened five years ago, stuck in something that happened last week, stuck in something that happened when we were eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old. And here we are in our 50s or 40s or whatever our age we are, we're stuck because we continue to consider things, either things that we don't need to consider anymore or considering it from the wrong perspective. So let's dive into this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 31. Matthew 14, verses 28 through 31. Now, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, this is where Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus, right? And I just want to highlight some things. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll read We'll read, and then we'll highlight. That's what we do here at the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. <laughs> All right, Matthew 14, verses 28 through 31. Verse 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Verse 29 says, And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now Peter is walking on the water. This is this is this is this is nuts, man. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Now he was walking on the water in verse 29. And then it says in verse 30, he saw the wind boisterous, he got afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, wait a minute. Jesus said he doubted. But in verse 29, he was walking on the water. Peter was walking on the water. By the end of verse 30, he had sunk and Jesus had to pull him out of the water. What changed? What changed between walking on the water and going, Lord, help me, Lord, save me? It, and it's right there at the beginning of verse 30, uh, the beginning of verse 30. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. See, he started looking at his circumstances. Fear got into his heart. And now what he was once walking on, he began to sink into. Nothing had changed because look at this. 
in, in verse 24, which I didn't read, verse 24 says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So it's not like Peter got on the water, he started walking on the water, everything was cool, and then the wind started blowing and the waves started crashing all over the place and he got scared and he began to sink no the wind and the waves were already the sea was already boisterous when he got out of the boat so the so the boisterousness of the sea didn't start once he started walking on the water it was already like that but he had had so much focus on jesus's word to come that he didn't consider the wind and the waves and as, and, and, and as long as his focus was on the word of God, come, he was able to do something supernatural. But as soon he's, as he took his focus off the word and put his focus on his circumstances, that's when he began to sink. So how we see things, where we put our focus is really important in the middle of stormy situations. Boy, that'll preach right there. And if you're a minister and you're listening to this, take it, run with it, man. You ain't got to pay me nothing for it. No residuals, no royalties. I'm good. Because <laughs> I'm blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> That's an inside joke from the last podcast. It might not be too funny to you, but I thought it was hilarious. Okay, so when, when we focus on the wrong thing in the middle of a storm, we can go from walking on that thing to sinking into that thing. I'm thinking now about, you know, when someone experiences the death of a loved one and people talk about how peaceful that person is, whether it was a spouse or a child or a parent, right? Someone close to them, a best friend, and, and, and people are able to walk on the water of that. They can make the arrangements. They can do the thing. They can, they can comfort other people who are trying to comfort them. They can be a source of encouragement when people are trying to encourage them, right? You know those folks. Some of you have been that folk, right? And, and you're all good. Until the day of the funeral and you look at the casket and you see that person is gone and just lose it. Why? Because you've changed your focus now. And I'm not criticizing anyone. I, I know what it is to lose someone close to you. I get it. Please, please don't feel that I'm criticizing you because you were overcome with grief uh, in the time of a homegoing celebration. Please don't do that. I'm not, that's not my heart for that. Okay, but what I'm saying is when our focus is on taking care of the business of the uh, arrangements for the funeral and things of this nature, we're in a certain mindset that we can walk on the water of my dear one has passed on. But as soon as we change our focus to looking in that casket and the reality of that person being gone from the earth, being absent from the body, when we change our focus, we sink into that grief where before we were walking on the water of that grief. Now, the grief had not changed. The person had, had died. And, and when they had died, you had handled all the business. You had been a source of encouragement. You were able to sleep at night, and everything was great. So you were walking on the water of the grief. But as soon as you start focusing on the grief, that's when you began to sink, Right? And so it's vital, it's so vital, especially in difficult circumstances, that we don't focus on the wrong thing. And as long as we can continue to keep our focus on the Word of God, for, for the Word for any circumstance that we find ourselves in, we can walk on that thing all the way through. But here's the cool thing. Even if we sink, 
Jesus is still there. Boy, that's good news right there. That is good news. Now, he might bring some correction, but he's there to save us. He's there to pull us out. And that's that's a great comfort uh, to all of us. Amen? All right. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 19. So we saw one, exa- one example of someone losing their focus or changing their focus, and they began to sink in what they were previously walking in. Let's look at somebody who didn't change their focus. Let's go to Romans chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. We're going to look at Abraham, Romans chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. And verse 19 says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. All right. So he says, Abraham was not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Now that word consider uh, translates to consider attentively, to fix one's eyes or mind upon. I like that. To fix one's eyes or mind upon. You're either fixing your eyes on that thing or you're fixing your mind on that thing. Right? And 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 so Abraham did not fix his mind on, he was 100 years old. And at that time, you know, uh, people that age, that was way past the... <laughs> <laughs> the seed-giving age, right? And and Sarah was way past the birth-giving age, right? But but Abraham did not consider his age. He did not consider Sarah's age. He did not consider the naturalness of his circumstances because if he had spent too much time considering I'm almost 100, my wife is 90, there's no way he would have been able to trust God to be able to do what he needed to do, which was eventually give birth to Isaac, the promise, and all of the things that came after that, right? Verse 20 said, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He did not waver at the promise of God, right? So his focus was on the promise of God. Now, here's the cool thing. God gave him some stuff to focus on because he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have an Old Testament. He was the Old Testament, right? He didn't have scripture. So what God did, he gave him the stars. He said, look up at the stars. You can check this out, I believe, in Genesis, I want to say 12, 13. He says, look up at the stars. And he says that with the number of stars that you can see, that's going to be your seed. Then he said, look down at the sand. He said, as many as there are grains of sand there are, that's going to be your seed. So God gave him something to focus on. Focus on the stars. Focus on the sand. Right? Focus on the stars. Focus on the sand. Abraham, you're 90 years old. Focus on the stars. Focus on the sand. Man, it don't look like you're going to have that promise that God said. Focus on the stars. Focus on the sand. Right? So what promises have God given you? And and what scriptures have, do you have to focus on that promise? Focus on those are our stars. And that is our sand, the word of God. Just like Jesus gave Peter the word, come. We have 66 books of stars and sand. We have 66 books of come, right? Find your version of that. Lock in on that 
especially when the circumstances don't line up with the word, which happens a lot. <laughs> the circumstances, uh, uh, when the promise is given, oftentimes the circumstances do not line up with the word, right? I, I've, I've talked in times past about, you know, the promise that God gave me for relationship and things of this nature, and I'm happy to report and testify I have a wonderful woman in my life. She's amazing. She's beyond what I could have ever prayed for. She is beyond what I prayed for. And I'm just so thankful to God that I had to keep focusing on the promise. I had to focus on my stars and my sand so I can now have my sweetheart, my promise, okay? My promise. And, and, and it allowed me to have peace. It allowed me to rest in the promise. It allowed my faith to not waver because of the promise that God made me. So I had to focus on the stars and focus on the sand. Even when previous relationships went bad, I had to focus on the stars and focus on the sand and not waver because of stormy circumstances or not waver because I'm in my mid-50s. Not waver because my circumstances don't line up with the promise. What are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on what God said? Or are you going to focus on what your circumstances say? Now, listen, I understand that it's a challenge. Our circumstances are right in the middle of where we are. They're right in our face. Our circumstances are right in our face, right? And, 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 and it's a challenge to focus on that word more than our circumstance. It's a challenge. But we got to focus on the stars, focus on the sand, and we'll end up walking in the thing that God has promised us. Amen? All right. All right. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. I want to look at another perspective on this because now when we talk about focus, and one of the parts of the, uh, looked at that definition of consider, it said fix one's eyes or mind, right? So we're going to get to the fixing of one's eyes on these next couple of scriptures. And uh, yeah, I got, I got a couple of different scriptures. Yeah, and we'll get out of here. All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, actually, verses 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Here it is, verse 18. While we, look, while, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. All right. And we can break this down to the promise versus the circumstances. So I'm going to kind of juxtapose and substitute those uh, two phrases in what verse 18 says. While we do not look at the circumstances, but at the promise. For the circumstances are temporary, but the promise is eternal. Boy, I like that. I like that. I like that. We do not look at the circumstances, the things that are seen, but at the promise, which is not seen, right? 
For the things which are seen, for the circumstances, are temporary. That word temporary comes from that word temporal uh, and implies subject to change. But the things which are not seen, the promises of God, are eternal. Now the scripture says that the promises of God are yes and amen. Right? The promises of God are yes and amen. So we don't look at the circumstances because they're subject to change. But we look at the promises, which are yes and amen, right? Check out the stars, check out the sand, all right? The, 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 uh, the, the Passion Translation for verses 17 and 18 says, We view, see we're talking about eyes, we view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. So we're comparing what I'm dealing with right now to eternity. He says, we see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison, right? And here we go, verse 18. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen. We don't focus our attention on what is seen. We do that substitute. We don't focus our attention on our circumstances, but on what is unseen. We focus our attention on the promise. For what is seen, circumstances, is temporary. But the unseen realm, where the promise is, is eternal. All right? So it's where we focus our attention. Where we focus our attention. And we have the choice. We can't say, pray, pray a prayer that says, Lord, focus my attention on the right thing. He might give you some insight, but he can't make you focus. That's on us. We have to set our will to focus on what is unseen, the promises, and not spend too much time focusing on what we're looking at. That's what happened to Simon Peter. He started focusing on what he could see and not focusing on what he couldn't see, which was the word, even though Jesus was right in front of him. But it was dark. You know, it was dark. So he saw him, but he didn't see him, right? And he focused on those things, and he began to sink. Abraham focused on what was unseen, Isaac being born at the, at the age that Abraham and Sarah was, instead of focusing on what was seen, his body and her body and their age. And he focused on the right thing, and he eventually faithed, faithed his way to receiving the promise. To receiving the promise. Okay? So... That's, that's what we got to do. We've got to work on, because the world says, look at, what, look at what your situation is, right? The world says, I believe it when I see it. So what we see, we've been trained to believe what we see, to pay attention to what we see, and, and don't focus on dreams or goals or, or faith or any of those things. And people who don't even have a relationship with God understand you've got to focus on your goal. And you know you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs and you're going to have circumstances and you're going to have difficulties. But you keep going. You keep a goal in mind. You know, people do these vision boards and all of these things. And here we are as godly people oftentimes stuck in paying more attention to our circumstances than we do God's promises. I said our because I'm part of this too. You know, I understand the challenges. Of dealing with, I still have promises that God has made me that have yet come to pass, but I'm gonna keep focusing on the stars and looking at the sand. All right, all right, let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. I wanna look at verses 16 through 19. 
Isaiah 43, verses 16 and through 19. This is really cool because, again, we're talking about focus and what we're looking at and paying attention to. Verse 16 says, Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. All right, here we go. Verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Verse 18 in the Amplified says, Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now remember that word consider we defined as setting our eyes or our mind on. Right, And he says, don't remember the former things, don't consider, don't focus in on, don't set your mind on the things of old. Uh, I have another translation here, the Passion Translation. He says, stop dwelling on the past. Boy, that, that kind of hits you where you live, doesn't it? <laughs> stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember these former things. I'm am I am doing something brand new, something unheard of. Right? So I got I've got a I've got another thing for you to focus on. So stop dwelling on the past. And that's interesting because it, it's one thing to reflect on where we've come from, but it's a whole nother thing to stay there, to dwell there. Don't dwell in the past. Don't dwell on the last time the business, you tried a business and it didn't succeed. Don't dwell on the last relationship you had ended badly. It, it happened. We're not saying being in, be in denial. We're just saying don't live there. Don't pitch a tent there. Because God is doing something new, something unheard of. Right? So we want to focus in on, or at least not focus in on, the things of the past. Right, and the things of the past, man, it can, it can be rough. I, I teach at you know at, at an aviation college, and I teach math and science, and I know a lot of the students, you know, when the last time they saw the math that we did, they they didn't do well. They didn't do well, and and you know, for some people it scars them, and they you know some students come to me the first day, and all I've done is an orientation, and they come to me the first day and say, Mr. G, I, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this, and I'm like. And, and where does that come from? Because of the bad experience that they had in the past, right? I get it. But we cannot dwell in the past if we're going to walk in the new thing that God has laid up for us, right? I wrote this statement down. It's hard to behold the new things when we're focused on the former things. You can't do both. You can't live in the present and the past at the same time. And I tell my students, if you allow your past to affect your present, it's going to jack up your future. There's no way you can be open for the new thing that God wants to do in your life if you're holding on to the old thing. God brings some, wants to bring somebody into your life and you don't even receive them because the last time you were with somebody, you got really, really hurt badly. Hopefully not physically, but emotional hurt it can almost be as devastating as physical hurt. Those scars take a long time to heal, right? But 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 if we hold on to that, we can't receive, right? If I have something clenched in my hand, if I have something in my hand and someone offers me something, I can't take it because I got my hand closed. 
And it's not that it's not being offered. It's that I'm not opening up to receive it because I'm holding on to something from my past. Now, check this out. Jesus kind of spoke to this in Luke 9.62. Luke 9.62. This is so, it's so visual and profound. Luke 9.62. So I'll I'll say that statement again for someone who needs to hear this. It's hard to behold the new thing when we're focused on the former things. It's hard, hard, man, to go forward when you keep looking backwards. And this is what Jesus was alluding to. He uses this example in Luke 9, 62. He says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, right? So in those days when you're plowing and you got the ox attached to the yoke and the ox is moving forward and you got to plow the row, right? If you look back, that ox may go off and and your row was all messed up, right? So you can't plow moving forward and look back at the same time and expect to have perfectly aligned rows for them to eventually put the seed in the ground. You're going to have crooked rows. And a lot of people are trying to go forward and look back, and you got a crooked life. I heard somebody say there's a reason. Uh, what did they say? The rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield in a car, right? Because what's behind you is not nearly as important as what's in front of you. If you keep looking in that rearview mirror and drive forward, you're going to have a wreck. And this is what's happening with a lot of people's lives. You're looking back and you're moving forward and your life is a wreck. Because you keep crashing into things. Because your focus is on the, in, the, in the wrong direction. You're paying too much attention to the wrong stuff. You're paying too much attention to the wind and the waves. You're paying too much attention to the age in your body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. You have to lock in. You have to discipline yourself to lock in and look forward at the promises of God through the Word of God. It's going to take discipline. And you can't be led by your emotions. Yes, it hurt. I know it hurt. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been hurt, disappointed, rejected by people. Many times, many times, you live long enough, people are going to break your heart. People are going to disappoint you. People are going to make you mad. People are going to hurt you. It's just life, man, in a fallen world with broken people. And some of you have been hurt beyond beyond my own comprehension. And I don't want to dismiss any of it. All I'm saying is... Put your focus as believers. God has given us the ability and the resources to walk on the water of that hurt, to walk on the water of that rejection, to walk on the water of that that disappointment. But we have to keep our focus on the main thing. I heard a minister say we got to keep the main thing the main thing. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Right? And when we do that, we can walk our way to the promises of God and see the thing that God has for us. Because it's for us whether we believe it or not. It's our belief that keeps us walking on the path that leads to it. Right? All right. The voice translation says, listen, 
<laughs> I love that. I got I got a brother in the Lord. He always starts these when he gets excited. He starts his comments with, "Listen, <laughs> listen. If your hand is on the plow, but your eyes are looking backward, then you're not fit for the kingdom of God. If your hand is on the plow, but your eyes are looking backwards. See, you're, you're out of alignment. You're out of visual alignment. I call it that. You're out of visual alignment. You got your hand moving in one direction, but your eyes are moving in an opposite direction. He says you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go to heaven. What it means is you can't, do, you can't live the godly life, the kingdom of God life, because the kingdom of God life is based on faith in the promises and the things of God. So if you're, I'm going to use air quotes here, I know it's a podcast, but you guys can imagine. If you're going to use your, if you're going to use faith to look in the wrong direction, you're going to, you can't be on the road to getting to the promises of God. The kingdom of God is founded on faith. And if your faith is on your past, right, you're not fit to do things God's way. Because faith is the currency of the kingdom. And faith says I lock in on what God says and I don't lock in on what the circumstances say. All of those scriptures that we just looked at uh, today, right? We've got to lock in on the right thing. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Whether we got to write it down. I, had, I have a dear sister of mine in the Lord lives in Atlanta and she, she's from here, and when, when uh, I went to visit her one time years ago at her house, she had these huge pieces of paper all over her house, in the living room, in the bedroom, in the bathroom, promises of God, uh, things she was declaring based on the Word of God, all over her house, right? And now she has a, another house in Atlanta. Um, she's married. Uh, she's doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, a lot of it started from the visions that she put up in the house. Now, you know, you may not have a space where you can put big old sheets of paper on your wall, but, you know, I got a bunch of post-its and notebook note and sheets of paper all around my apartment to remind me, right, those are my stars and my grains of sand. You can do that. Some of you do do that. I, I get it. Some of you are locked in with right what I'm talking about, and you've seen it happen and work in your own life. Right. All I'm saying is if you're doing it, keep doing it. If you're kind of halfway doing it, lock in and do it more consistently. And if you're not doing it, get with the program so you can rock and flow in the kingdom of God's system, in God's way of doing things. Because if, you, if you're moving forward and looking backwards, you're not going to be able to participate in the way God does things because God doesn't look backward and move forward at the same time. He says, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Because I'm always doing something new. I'm always progressing. I'm always moving forward. I'm always moving forward. I'm always telling you what's ahead. Right? In the Old Testament, the prophets talked about what was coming. Not what had happened. What was coming. What God was going to do. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they were getting ready to come out of the wilderness, God began to talk to them about what was coming. When you get into the land, right, and you live in houses that you did not build, when you dig, when you drink from wells that you did not dig, when you eat from vineyards that you did not plant, right, he's talking about what was coming. God is always about what's coming, what's moving forward. So we move forward 
following him. Just like when, when, when Jesus told Simon, come, right? We lock in on our version of that word and we move forward. And we walk on stuff that most people would sink in. We get the promises of God that nobody expected us to have. Who thought at 100 years old a man could have a baby? Who thought at 90-something years old a woman could have a baby? Now, their 100 and their 90 was different from ours, but um, it's still 199 or 90-something. That's, that's still kind of old, right? She was past the childbearing age. That's what the Scripture says. She was past it. I'd say the clip translation is she was way past it, <laughs> okay? And yet... Abraham was able to stay focused on what God had said. He kept moving forward, and they had the promise. Yes, they did a thing with Ishmael, messed a whole bunch of stuff up, but God, but, but, but Abraham stayed focused on what God had promised him, and eventually what God had promised him became manifest. Okay, these are not just stories to make us feel good, fam. These, these are things that, 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 that um, uh, in Hebrews he talks about, we're encompassed about or we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, okay? These are the things that we consider. When we listen to these podcasts and we do our own Bible studies and we go to church and hear great ministries or we pull up great ministries and sermons and messages on YouTube, these are the things that help us consider the right thing and not consider the wrong thing. And when we can have a lifestyle of considering the right thing, we'll have a lifestyle of walking on the water. And people will be amazed at our lifestyle. And when they ask us about our lifestyle, we can tell them about Jesus. And let them know it's not me. It's not me. It's not me, but God did this, and God showed me this, and I was at Bible study the other night, and I was listening to a podcast the other week, or I was at church the other Sunday, you know, or somebody called me and sent me a scripture or whatever. And that's the thing that I, I was able to focus on, and that's the thing that allowed me to walk on the water of these circumstances. Y'all feel me on that? All right. We got a relatively short show tonight, but it's all good. I think it was very powerful and uh, something for you to chew on. And if, you know, if you want to, just, you know, well, we don't hit rewind anymore. We just, <laughs> we'll move past the CD cassette tape age. But, you know, back that thing up and play it over. Play it over and over again. Let this thing really marinate in your spirit. So while you're doing that, I'm getting out of here and uh, calling it a day. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for checking us out. Uh, we've moved over to over 600 listens. Uh, we're getting listens from all over the country. People are popping up in New Jersey. People are popping up in New Mexico, uh, various parts of Los Angeles. And uh, I am just thankful to God that the Word Experience Nation is growing, that the Word of God is going forth. I've gotten some wonderful commentary from people. And, uh, you know, as I've said many times, this is really not about me, but it's about God working through me. And uh, I just open myself up to be a willing vessel uh, so God can work through me. And uh, I'm just excited about what this podcast is doing in the lives of people. So thank you again for listening. Uh, come back in a couple of weeks. I'll have a little something else for you. What it will be, I do not know. But what I do know is going to be great, great, great for you and for your life. All right? All right. God bless you. God keep you. I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you. Nice. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.